Hang on. Side note, I didn't write down the website, so let me just, I think I still have it up. Sure. Oh, <laughs> it's one of those ones where, <laughs> what is it? Yeah. Okay. So I was going to say awfully.com, mm. but I was like, oh no, is she, and she is, she's an occupational therapist mm. and her name is Holly. So it's okay. more like otholly.com. <laughs> you have to check Websites these things. Are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the Modern Lady Podcast. You're listening to episode 133. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay. And today we are talking about strategies to minimize stress. Marcus Aurelius, a Roman emperor and Stoic philosopher from the second century, once said, quote, if you are distressed by anything external, the pain is not due to the thing itself, but to your estimate of it. And this you have the power to revoke at any moment end quote. Stress can come in many forms in our day-to-day lives, and there's often just no way around it. But as the Stoic says, our perspective and reaction to it can make all the difference, and that is entirely within our control. But first, the best way that you can support the Modern Lady Podcast is by giving us a rating and review on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. Your reviews, especially on iTunes, can really help others who might be interested find our podcast too. Your comments mean the world to us. This week's shout out goes to Yeah Yeah Yeah's girl who left us a review during our break on Apple Podcasts and said, quote, new listener here and I just adore every episode I listen in on. I feel so connected to their words, stories, testimonies, and laughter. I hope they stick around. Surely they are helping me grow closer to Christ and the church. End quote. Well, thank you so much, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's girl, for taking the time to leave us this wonderful rating and review. And welcome. We are so glad that you found us and that we have been able to connect over all the things over here at the Modern Lady Podcast. And if you would like to leave us a comment, you can do so on our website www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com or you can leave us a comment on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube where you can find us at The Modern Lady Podcast. But before we get into today's chat, Lindsay has our Modern Lady Tip of the Week. I came across a cool post on social media a little while ago and I bookmarked it for our first Tip of the Week back. So while I don't often make rice, I know your family, Michelle, eats rice more often than my family, I was impressed when I saw this list of great uses for rice water. Now I got this information from a blog that can be found at www.kimchimari.com. And in it, blogger slash photographer slash stylist slash recipe maker, Jinju, (laughs) shares her favorite uses for rice water. First of all, rice water is called, now forgive my Korean, sal to mu in Korean. Sal meaning rice and mu means water. Jinju also makes it very clear that the first rinse of rice often contains pesticides and is best used for cleaning purposes, and the second or third rinse can be used for cooking. Then she continues and explains the science that makes rice water such a versatile thing. It has vitamins B1, B2, lipids, and starches, which basically becomes a colloidal solution, which means it can clean things without chemicals. 
Okay, Jinju, we are impressed. Now, what can we use it for? She first suggests using it to wash dishes. She says that this works on even greasy dishes. Her mother-in-law only rarely uses dish soap. You can use first or second rinse rice water for dishes. You can water your house plants with first rinse water or veggie gardens with second rinse water. She also recommends using it in cooking, second or third rinse. It makes broths richer and many Koreans use it to rinse their fish as it can help reduce the fishy smell and taste. You can soak fish in it for 30 minutes and it also helps make the fish tender. Smelly Tupperware? Rice water to the rescue! Fill stinky containers with rice water and let it sit for 30 minutes and that should do the trick. Now the last homemaking tip involves using rice water to polish glass and mirrors. It works in the same way that it works on our dishes. Put some in a spray bottle and wipe down glass surfaces with a dry cloth. I bet you weren't expecting more, but there will be a part two. Next time we will learn why so many women swear by rice water for their skin and hair. Oh my goodness, I love this tip. Uh, although I'm kind of kicking myself for how much rice water I waste. <laughs> well, I was wondering Be- if you already yes. do these things. Like, do you use rice water at all? Did your family? No, no, I don't. Um, we do. I rinse the rice mm-hmm. a lot before I cook it. Yeah. Um, definitely to get like that first rinse, always like to get the dust and the pesticides and stuff off the rice. And then I would always do like a second, sometimes a third rinse. Yeah. yeah. But I always just pour it right down the sink <gasps> again. And I had no idea that I could actually use rice water. But when you were talking about it, I was thinking back to my childhood. We didn't have rice water, but I do remember um, my mom giving us barley water sometimes Mm, to drink. Yeah, it was not my favorite thing. I will just say that right off the bat, but because it was good for us. And I'm I'm sitting here thinking, well, I guess rice water and barley water would share a lot of the same properties. Mm -hmm. So, oh, this is absolutely fascinating. And then the cleaning yeah blows my mind yeah yeah especially the dishes like I want to try washing my dishes in it I think that that one is particularly fascinating and you know what else is interesting is that this now kind of starts to make a little bit of sense about how um hammy mommy Mm -hmm. uh the youtube channel that we love yes how she always cleans with like food water I'll call it (laughs) (laughs) and she's like yay I'm going to bake with like oranges and while I'm cooking with the oranges I'm going to soak the rinds in boiling water and clean my range hood with it and I'm like that's I never thought of doing that before but maybe more (laughs) food water Mm -hmm. uh, is useful than I thought From the small mundane stressors of the everyday to the bigger, more overwhelming worries that can come throughout our lives, it's simply a fact that many of us encounter stress often. And while we may not be able to always mitigate or erase the pressures completely, we do have more control over how they impact our life overall than perhaps we are aware. Right, Lindsay? Yes, that's so right. So we have talked about stress before, sprinkled Mm -hmm. throughout many past episodes, right? But there Mm -hmm. are a couple newer phrases relating to motherhood and stress that I'm seeing all over social media right now, and they are sensory regulation and overstimulation. So I have to say that when I've heard those terms before, it was always in talking about children, right, and their development. Mm. But I'm seeing mothers using those terms in their reels all the time about yes. what they're feeling, right? So we're like, okay, there's a lot going on here. And when I open this up to my Instagram followers to like be like, tell me about your stress, 
My goodness, yeah. Michelle, I haven't gotten <laughs> an inbox flooded like that, like I have in a very long time. So it seems to be top of everyone's minds right now. In fact, <laughs> you and I had a different episode planned for today. And yes, right. And it was, we were really excited for it. And then this just shot front and forward. And we're like, okay, clearly we need to address this ASAP. Right. A very shared and communal mm -hmm. concern amongst us <laughs> right now. And I 100% understand and relate to it. Like as soon as you started talking about it on your Instagram stories, and then when you messaged me, like maybe this needs to be the episode, mm. I was like, oh my goodness, I, I would love to talk about this too, because I have only recently, maybe in the last few months or so, started realizing that was kind of my problem too, mm -hmm. was um, overload, sensory overload and overstimulation. And it's been an interesting journey to try to process what that means and what I can actually do about it. So like, I think it was just one of those, another one of those divinely providential inspirations that you, <laughs> that you got for us. Well, and so much of it is because I've worked really hard over this last year in reducing stress in my life. But then the truth is, too, my kids are in school a lot of the time. I won't say regularly because, as you know, Michelle, my kids have missed a lot mm. of school. Um, <laughs> so I yes. do only maybe get two days a week where I don't have somebody home with me. But because mm -hmm. I have silence for the first time in 15 years, um, I'm understanding like from a sensory perspective, mm -hmm. things I never understood about myself before, because I realized that for 15 years, I was living in that world of overstimulation and just surviving in it. It was normal. Now that I have yeah. silence, when they come home and I hear all of the noise come in, it hits me in a way it never did before. So um, these different seasons of motherhood will try to cover all of the seasons in motherhood and overstimulation yes. <laughs> in one short episode. There's a lot to talk about, but I think we should just dive into a little bit of the science first. Um, so mm -hmm. let's talk about what is sensory regulation or another word I kept coming across is sensory integration. Mm. So I got some more information from a website that is sensoryintegrationeducation.com. And quote, it says, the term sensory integration refers to the processing, integration, and organization of sensory information from the body and the environment. Simply put, this means how we experience, interpret, and react to or ignore information coming from our senses. Sensory integration is important in all the things that we need to do on a daily basis, such as getting dressed, eating, moving around, socializing, learning, and working. Now, that's the end of the quote, but I found that to be basically the same definition for sensory regulation, but basically our bodies mm -hmm. take in information from our five senses with three additional senses. This is exciting. Was, do you have I was going to ask, <laughs> yes, I was like, did you see the secret three that yes. clearly we've been ignoring for all these years? Yes. I actually <laughs> wrote at the bottom of my notes, these additional three are so fascinating that I want to deep dive, right? <laughs> you and same. I are so excited. <laughs> so <these> same. <laughs> okay, well. I'll just list them and we can talk about them. Yeah. But the first, okay, well, actually, maybe you should, because these words are weird. Okay, like proprioception, <laughs> proprioception. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, proprioceptive. Okay. Proprioceptive. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. so that is senses of body awareness and position. Vestibular, mm -hmm. which is awareness of movement, balance, and coordination. And interoception, our internal sensory system that tells us when we are hungry, need to go to the bathroom, and are tired. So those are the three additional ones to our five. Mm -hmm, mm hmm. And just like as a recap, the the other five are like sight, scent, touch, taste and smell. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually so I found this really interesting because I think when we 
are familiar with the five. Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay, we can try our best to like uh, manage those ones. Yep. Uh, and they make a big difference. But sometimes you do and you're still like um, completely overloaded or yep. overwhelmed. And I'm like, oh my gosh, these other three mean so much. Yes. And they make so much sense if it's out of balance. Even the the one I particularly liked was the, is it interocept? Interception, you said, right? Interception, (laughs) yeah. Could be. Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) But I was like, yes, because sometimes when there's so much else going on around us, we're not paying attention to how comfortable we are. So that's the whole hangry, like the the Betty White commercials, right? Um, Or even if like your clothing isn't comfortable and you've been pulling it and or the tag is rubbing against you in the back and you don't pinpoint those things. But that is sensory input that your body is having to process. And it just these little things will compound. So I found those. Yeah, these other three really intriguing because they probably factor in really heavily, much more so than we thought. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I just learning about this at 42? Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. like, why did we only think of the five senses? That's all that we've ever been taught. And yeah, you're right. There is so much to do with these other ones. And what's so interesting is that, and maybe they don't think we need to learn this because we learn it when we're babies, essentially. Like we learn how to process mm. those things starting from um, when we're babies through our toddler years. Um, but clearly we need some updated information on this as moms. And so I found a medical journal article that summarized a study done that looked at sensory processing and perceived stress and burnout in a working Mm. population. And just to be clear, they did this study um, uh, on people who are working during the pandemic. Okay. So, but that aside, the findings are clear. Like those who are more sensitive to their surroundings, right? More in tune to all those senses. Those who are hypersensitive, they scored Mm -hmm. higher on tests for perceived stress and burnout. Now I'm I'm Mm. accentuating the word perceived because I want to get into that a little bit more in a minute. Now, the study used people who do not have underlying sensory related disorders like ADHD. Um, Their conclusion is that sensory processing difficulties are definitely linked to burnout and stress. I mean, that makes sense, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you're if you are hypersensitive, um, then you really do perceive that maybe you're feeling more stressed. This actually goes back to what you said about Marcus Aurelius, actually, the word, our estimate of it. I yes. really kept seeing this in the studies over and over again, that it isn't even like our bodies might be feeling stressed, but it's really that we think we're stressed. Like so much of it is a mindset. Mm-hmm. Um and we'll look into that more with the ways that we want to overcome that mindset. But yeah, I found, I keep seeing that word, our estimate of it, our perception of stress, I found was really interesting. Now, just one last mm-hmm. point here about hypersensitivity um, or people that are more formally called high sensitivity people. They represent around 20% of the population, but they did stress too. It is completely understandable that every single mother out there, so listen, listeners, Every single mother feels this at different points Mm. of her motherhood journey. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's just talk briefly about motherhood. Um, Let's talk about otherwise healthy, quote unquote, women operating on very little to no sleep, right? Working hard from sunrise to long after sunset with little to no outside help. Um, And often two or more children, especially our listeners, we know so many of you have larger than average size families um, and all of the noise, the smells, the diapers, the snot, Mm. the touching of mommy. No wonder our sensory regulation systems are out of whack. 
And then this just leads into the last thing, which is overstimulation. And there's one mom, her name is Mariah Maddox. She shared her experience of overstimulation triggering her mom rage on a great article on motherly.com. And she Mm -hmm. said this quote, and she sums it up perfectly. She says, it's the over-engaged senses from all the simultaneous noise, internal and external noise that never seems to cease. The constant sound of the washer and dryer, the dishwasher running, extremely loud toys, YouTube shows, your husband's phone, the neighborhood kids screaming outside, the hum of the air conditioner, the baby whining, the cat licking himself, the screen door opening and slamming shut, the running, the jumping, the falling, the constant mommy, 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 right? My heart is racing Mm -hmm. even reading that. And I'm like, yep, that's it. That nails it. Every single day, like for 16 hours a day, in my case for 15 years. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that those things we can't turn off. And as you're reading that list, I'm noting how many of those things are fairly recent innovations or modern innovations. So it may even be different generationally too, right? Older generations, um, maybe our grandmother's generations and older may not understand why we feel so much stress or we are so overloaded sense sensory wise. Um, because maybe we didn't have like YouTube and Mm -hmm like multiple YouTube channels going on at the same time. That's right. They, More they weren't listening to podcasts. Yeah. While they were washing dishes, um, even things like um, before washing machines mm-hmm. or like appliances were a big thing, right. To have all those things going at the same time, maybe wouldn't have happened yeah. as much. So that's really interesting. And then another um, consideration as well is that everyone I was reading that everyone has a different sensory makeup. Mm. So all of our thresholds for all these different senses are even different from one another too. So that's how like some people like background music while they're studying, but other people can't. They need complete silence. And some people crave physical touch and other people get touched out really fast. Um, So, you know, in addition to that for each sense we also have different thresholds from each other and so there isn't going to be a definitive how-to when it comes to regulating sensory overload it's really going to have to be every individual person taking a look at their own situations and thinking which ones are the things that really uh, trigger me or really get to me and are there ways I can mitigate it which we'll get into in a little bit But the one thing about um, motherhood in particular, I love having this conversation and doing a bit of the research for this and then hearing you talk about what's all going on in our brains because it is actually a relief and comforting to know that the problem is more biological Mm -hmm. than it is a character flaw. Mm-hmm. Because I think that sometimes we can be, and I know I am sometimes hard on myself because I'm like, if I just had more patience, right? Or, you know, I must be selfish for wanting to get away from it all or needing rest or that I can't meet the demands of all the people all the time. Um, if I just had more patience, if I just had more charity in my heart, like all these things. And I think that's good to have those goals. But what we're hearing is that this is so physiological Mm -hmm. uh, and that your body is actually doing exactly what it's supposed to do under stress. Yeah. Right. And that's what um, overstimulation is. It's a stress response to these external things. And so 
when we talk about how we're going to deal with it then moving forward, that's where the discipline of it is going to help our character growth. So it's not that you're feeling these things. That's not a personality thing or a character thing. Um, That's biological. Mm -hmm. And then how you respond to it, that's where the character and the growth comes into play. And just putting those things in their proper perspective, I think also can kind of give us as humans, women, mothers, uh, a little sense of relief. Okay, so this piggybacks off what you're saying perfectly, because there was a link in that article I was just reading from Motherly to the website parents.com. And that article is five ways to cure stimulation overload as a parent. And the first suggestion, Mm -hmm. and this is what reminded me of your point, Michelle, is to accept your temperament. Now, Mm. we did a whole episode on knowing your temperament. You don't often see the word temperament in (laughs) non-religious articles. So Mm -hmm. I I loved that. Now, so if people don't know about temperaments, feel free to look up our episode on that. So this is, again, about being self-aware and understanding your own limits, like what you were saying. I love that, Michelle, about how Mm -hmm. certain things might trigger me in a sensory way that might not trigger you. Um, Yeah. And then working within them. So if you find the noise becoming too triggering, find solutions that help you manage the noise, but they still have to let your kids be kids. And that did stress that, right? You can't just silence your kids. So you as the adult need to come up with solutions here to manage those things that trigger you while still letting your kids be kids. Um, And then the next suggestion is to prioritize downtime with rest. And we will talk about that later in the episode. Their Mm -hmm. next one, though, I found was great. It was about streamlining decision making. And this is why so many successful CEOs like wear the same outfit every day, like Steve Jobs Mm. with his black turtleneck, right? He wore that everywhere. Um, Now, many moms might be doing this out of survival mode. I'm thinking, you know, black leggings and a T-shirt and a messy bun. (laughs) We're like, well, I I do that. I do wear the same outfit every day. (laughs) I look at myself right now. Um, But I want to suggest, like, there's so many cute loungewear outfits out there. I'm just saying this to Mm -hmm. me, too. I've not bought any of these, right? Loungewear Mm -hmm. was the outfit du jour during the lockdowns. And so there's a lot of cute options. So maybe being a little more intentional about that daily uniform that you're wearing, you're still limiting your choices, but you might have a few nicer ones that make you feel better about yourself when you're getting ready. And then finally, it says to step away from the chaos. Seriously, you can leave the room. Um, even mm-hmm. if it's for a couple of minutes, get control of yourself. Even with babies, you can leave the room. Um, I have learned time and time again, and I'm sure this is not a surprise to anybody. Your kids regulate off your moods, right? Like, mm. so the more ramped up you get, the more ramped up they get. Um, and then I'm really learning the truth is like, my kids won't learn to self-regulate if they have a mom who can't self-regulate. Like mm. that's the legacy we're passing on. So it's time to learn those tools. And we will share a lot of what we've been doing in our own families. Hmm. I love that. And I, I actually have been thinking a lot about that too, about what our kids see, what mm-hmm. my kids see, right? Because I know at the beginning of the episode, you were mentioning how after years of homeschooling, mm-hmm. your kids are in school, so it's different. Yes. And I have switched with yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So for years, most of my kids, now my youngest actually never quite entered school. We just like to cover both sides for our listeners, right? We're like, if I'm not homeschooling, you need to take that up. And so we're always in your world, everyone. (laughs) We always have to have the bases covered. Yes. Um, So yeah, I've also found uh, an article that talked about those little tips and tricks you can use 
while still letting your kids be kids, because I love that you mentioned it because that is always, that's our core message. And I know that it's something we all really strive to balance. So there were some really great tips from a website I was reading um, called otholly.com about sensory strategies for Mm. moms and Mm. for parents in particular, but she broke it down into all the senses. So like for auditory overload, she says you need to both prevent and have quick fixes at Mm. your disposal in the moment so you can prevent a lot of auditory overload by like switching off non-essential noises during fussy times right so maybe the you know that five five o'clock p.m hour where everyone seems to just kind of lose lose Mm -hmm. ourselves Mm -hmm. (laughs) um maybe that's not the time for your washing machine to be going on (laughs) Right. Um, Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's like time for a quiet TV show or maybe that's when you take your TV break completely. So you don't have that in the background. Um, And this was a great one, too. She said, try to avoid big conversations during times when the house is generally loud. Mm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that for me is a big one because when Phil gets home again around that five six o'clock p.m. hour I want to discuss all the adult things that's right um but the the kids are still active and running and need us and stuff like that and I just sometimes get frustrated when there's a lot of commotion yeah um and then in the moment if you're already there you can do things like lower your own voice Oh, I never do that. Right. It was like, oh, I guess so. I literally can set the tone. Yeah. (laughs) I think teachers probably do this more. Hmm. Like when your voice is quiet, people have to become quiet to hear what you're saying. So that might work. Um, And or hum to yourself. Mm. Uh, that was another suggestion or step outside like what Mm. you were saying even like into the backyard or the front porch or something for visual overload like um, yes limit your screen time yes declutter we'll get into more Mm -hmm. stuff like that this is all preventative she also talks about using lamps or dimmer lights oh yes um I have writing in my notes Yes. So we'll talk more about that too, because I also have things to say about lighting, but Mm -hmm. in the quick fix moments, like close your eyes, Mm -hmm. just close your eyes for a minute. And again, step outside. (laughs) Didn't we talk about once about the mom sitting on the floor and putting the apron over her head? Which episode was that? And I forget who did that, but she would sit and that's how she'd use her apron. She'd just sit (gasps) cross-legged, cover her head with her apron for a couple (gasps) minutes, (laughs) make a little fort, a mommy fort. I love it. (laughs) That's so brilliant. Uh Um, And yet another amazing use for an apron. Um, And then, yeah, just the other things too. remember those three amazing senses that we never think or talk about. Mm -hmm. We just learned about today. We were today years old when we learned (laughs) about them. For your balance one, the what is it? Vestibular vestibular one. You can kind of reset by like hanging upside down on your bed Mm -hmm. or dancing or just swaying like back and forth uh bouncing on an exercise ball you can help your proprioceptive (laughs) sense which is the movement one Mm -hmm. um she talks about how pushing pulling and squeezing helps so do push-ups even if it's off the wall like you're standing and you're pushing against the wall um tight hugs so she talks about how like ask your kids to hold you tight give you Mm. a big tight hug instead of lightly touching you yeah Um, Yeah. that will be better for your sense um and then for the 
deep pressure. She said deep pressure is deeply comforting and regulating your senses. So lie on your tummy and have your child lie flat on your back. Oh, all the time. Can I say one thing about this? So my boys were punching my feet the other night and they, I think they thought they were being funny and like crazy boys. And I felt that I was like, honestly, (laughs) keep going. Like you were like, they were punching full strength. And I thought I prefer this to those gentle little kid hugs and kisses. No, punch my feet. Go right ahead, sons. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you need a bit of both. And sometimes it's the punching the feet that's going to do it for you. (laughs) Yeah. So either that or like a weighted blanket or um, swimming, she mentioned. And I gasped when I read that because I used to be a lifeguard and a swimming instructor. And part of that job was teaching aquafit. Mm -hmm. And so I had to take aquafit instructor courses. And they talked about how the pressure of the water is so good for your blood flow and for your circulation. So the hydrostatic pressure is really good for you. So when she said swimming, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, because you're putting that deep pressure on your body. And so... uh, Yeah, these are like, I thought these were great suggestions of things you can do um, in the midst of everything. Because you're right, like, we're kind of caught in this conundrum that stress happens, but you're not always able to, like, just leave. (laughs) Just say, stop it, and it's done. Right. These are great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, so for me, one of the biggest changes I experienced in the last year came from a woman on Instagram who's actually taken this last year off of Instagram so she can focus on her own family and reduce her stress. Mm. And I actually didn't write down her handle, but I think it's Jill Otogwe or something like that. Um, It's it's pointless Mm -hmm. even looking her up because she's not active on there anymore. But she said this thing about making the big things big and the little things little. This Mm. was revolutionary for me. I make all things big. I just, Mm. I do that. I'm a very much an extremist. So that is something I've actively really been intentional about every time something happens to me, to someone in my family, or just in general in our environment. I'm like, is this a big thing or a little thing? Now I realized I've been doing that with my kids for years when they would have a tantrum or I would get really upset about something. This this has always been one of my methods of communicating with them when they were little was I would show them with my hands. I would say, this is, um, this is this big. And I put my hands pretty close together, right? If they were upset that they Mm -hmm. lost in a video game and then I would extend my hands. I'd be like, but this is your reaction to that thing. And then they go, Oh, and I'm like, does that match up? Like, is that the proper Mm -hmm. reaction to the size of the thing? And I was like, no. And I'm like, okay, so what is the reaction to that? Like that fits in that size. And that seems pretty rudimentary, but kids can grasp that. I just wasn't doing that for myself <laughs> there was no one showing you their hands no Lindsay no. this is your yes. this is the stress <laughs> thank you I needed I needed a mom to show me yeah I really like this and I like that we're starting off with it because I think it's probably going to underlie a lot of other things that we mm-hmm. can share and that that our listeners have shared when it comes down to keeping proper perspective. Yeah. Right. And I think that's going to come up over and over again because when we're able to keep that mindset, which is difficult in an age of distraction, which mm-hmm. may be one of the hurdles that that can really help. I think in a, in this age of so much coming in so much input, Um, everything vies for your first priority. Mm -hmm. 
everything seems urgent. And so you're right. Like everything seems like a big thing sometimes. Um, and it's only if you can actually have that either someone telling you like stop and take stock of what is actually big and what is actually little, or we learn to do that for ourselves as a automatic thought response. When we start feeling overwhelmed, we can quickly then start sorting through all the things coming at us and we can put things in their proper place. Mm -hmm. And that even will take a lot of the seemingly big urgent things and put them right down to the bottom of the list where they're meant to be. And we can carry on with a little bit of a lighter load. And now that so much of that, like you're saying, underpins so many of the other things. So I, as Mm -hmm. you guys have known, and I've, I've talked about this a bit on my own Instagram, my family cocooned over the last year we made, I felt Mm -hmm. a calling to do this. So did Jason. We felt it at the same time. And so much of our stress, stress reduction in our family. And for me personally, um, came from cutting out so many things, right. And, um, Mm -hmm. just really putting a wall around my family. And so I'm going to combine a bunch of those strategies just into that one thing. So that meant for me saying no, um, I had Mm. no problem saying no my whole life. I really have no problem looking at you going, nope, I can't do that. But when I started taking my faith seriously, I really didn't know if that was the Christian woman response. And I really struggled with that because I thought, well, Mm. regular Lindsay, and I mean that in a silly way, (laughs) would say no right to your face and feel no guilt. Um, But new, newer Catholic focused Lindsay goes, well, I should serve and I should, you know, give my time and I should be charitable. And I really worked through that with priests and it turns out mm-hmm. they're okay with you saying no too. the church is okay with you saying no. Yes. And so, but what I did differently this year is I stopped explaining all the time. There's only yes. some times where somebody really goes, Oh, what's going on. And then if you feel like you should explain a little bit more. But I actually, when I start saying no to people right now, I start typing out all these things and then I go back and I delete it. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to say, no, thank you. That doesn't work for us right now. Period. Yeah. Period. That's it. Um, And then um, resting without guilt. We've done episodes on that. I'm continuing in that journey where I'm, because I'm very much a person who measures my own success by my level of productivity. That's always Mm -hmm. how I've worked. So uh, working hard now when I can Right, these rhythms that we've talked about um, and then resting when I can, I'm doing that. But again, the, the difference now is without guilt zero guilt. There's no voice in my head saying you should be doing something else. Nope. I'm just going to rest. And then gifting that rest to the other people in my family. I ensure that Jason comes home and rests now instead of me thinking whether I verbalized it or not, well, he should be doing the garbage Well, he should be doing these things. No, he can rest. Mm-hmm. I gifted that to myself and I want to extend that to the people um, that I love. And then also just prioritizing my own immediate family. And I'm not talking about grandparents, aunts, uncles. I'm talking about my own four kids and my husband. Um, they come first. Um, that's who I'm married to. That They deserve my immediate attention and uh, the best of me. And so if they want to go do other things with other people or see family, that's fine. But I'm really letting um, the whole family make those decisions and go, well, what do we all want to do today? Um, mm. They they're, The focus is on them. And finally, just in terms of the cocooning for our family, Jason and I both resigned from any external commitments we were doing. He's only part of one board now, um, and he had a lot more roles in that board that he has since uh, resigned from after doing his term. So we don't Mm -hmm. have anything else going on in our evenings. Nothing. Our evenings are just hanging out with our kids. And wow, the change we've seen, and especially our teenagers, just having mom and dad available and mom and dad resting on the couch and not being all frenzied and trying to get everything done every night is has been remarkable. It has been 
life-changing for my family. We all just, they don't go out and see friends either. Our kids just stay home. Mm. (laughs) They Mm -hmm. actually just want to be with us too. The six of us sit in our little living room and laugh and talk for hours every single night. So that stress, like that is a massive stress reduction and just knowing that's my night. I don't have to do anything else, but just sit and hang out with my own family. Hmm. Oh, that's so good. I, I love everything that you're saying because I feel like I'm on the cusp of a lot of these things mm-hmm. for myself, um, especially like the saying no and not yeah. explaining yourself. Yeah. I struggle with this a lot. I know I've alluded to and talked before on the podcast about my own people pleasing yeah. um, tendencies my whole life. So, uh, I mean, normally I wouldn't, I just wouldn't say no, period. Yeah. Um, and then if I really had to, I would be racked with guilt and feel like I had to have like a really good reason why <laughs> right? and explain that to people. So I do need to work on this one. And I think I have too, like, like what you were saying, often if I'm texting a response where I have to back out of something, I'll write like a full essay yeah. on why this isn't going to work for me. <laughs> yep. Uh, and very apologetic in tone and things like that. And you're right. Like most of the time people are like, oh, okay, no worries. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, good. Good. Yeah. good. I'm glad. <laughs> Talk to you later, friend. Yeah. yeah. It's like, awesome. Yeah. Because you know that if they were to just say, no, I can't do that right now, you wouldn't be going, well, I wonder why they can't. They Like for the most part, right? Most yes. of us are so understanding when other people do it to us. We just don't expect that same thing back. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also too like resting for us doesn't always seem like a good reason. Mm-hmm. So that kind of goes along with what you were saying about being able to rest without guilt. Yes. Right. That's also guilt um, when it comes to saying no yes. to things like sometimes you're just really tired and yeah. there is no other plans you have other than you have to sit down for an evening. Yes. <laughs> you have to sit down and rest. Um, and I don't know, there is something like I can say to other people. But when it comes to my own mind, it is like mental gymnastics mm. with myself trying to be like, no, it, it's a it's a reason. Right. It's it's a legitimate thing that you are doing that prevents you from saying yes to this event. Yeah. So um, and that might feed into the big things versus little things, too. Like overall, who are you making time and space for? Yes. You only have a limit limited amount of both of those things. Yeah. So we do have to be selective. And on that note, I mean, we are at a stage and we are of a certain kind of personality where we really do enjoy being out and about. Mm-hmm. For us, it is very social. And yes. especially with the kids being homeschooled, I missed that. I, I've said that to you before, too. I'm like, I actually missed the drop off and pick up. Yeah. Because that was when I saw people. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Every single day. And I really missed that during lockdowns. And then we decided to homeschool. And so when my kids are in extracurriculars, that is that for me. And it's that for them as well. That time away from my instruction. And so we make it work. But then that takes away from some other things Mm -hmm. that we don't need to feel guilty about saying no as well. I know that certain times of the year, we're not going to have time to be very social in terms of like dinner parties or social gatherings or things like that, because we have these extracurriculars. So I can say no to that. In the summer, we kind of work it that we don't actually sign up for anything. Yeah from the spring until the fall, we're kind of just hanging out like what you said. So there's a time and a season for all these things. 
So all of that awareness and noticing how you choose to structure your family time and your individual time and how that's going to either contribute to or mitigate stress, it kind of goes with something that listener at Emma.fear brought up when she shared with us that she adds things to her life that bring her joy. Mm -hmm. And she said, like, less time to stress there's less time for you to be stressed out when you're feeling joyful, Mm -hmm. essentially. And I love that because that's what I think I'm relating to right now with what I'm saying is that um, I'm certainly being better at saying no to things. But at the same time, I am still saying yes to a lot. It's just probably the mindset has shift. I'm like, but why am I doing it, though? Why am I saying yes to this? Uh, It's because this will bring either me or my family or both of us (laughs) great joy. And so then it doesn't seem like it's adding burdens on you. So it can look different. But I love what she said about being intentional about adding the things that specifically, you know, it will bring you joy. It won't be adding to the pressure. And you can feel free to discern that and deliberate about that for yourself. Okay. And then all of this reminds me too of another message we got from somebody on Instagram, one of our listeners, Jamie Lonette. Um, She said that she works hard at being intentional about not taking on too much responsibility. And that goes back to like mm. what Jason and I have cut out the extras, but like what you're saying too, this intentionality, we can add this. We're making the decision to add this. We're not adding this because we think we have to or whatever, mm. right? Like with all your extracurriculars or the things you're doing, you're intentional about those decisions and you're doing things that add joy and add value to your family time into your family culture. And that's great. If it doesn't add too much stress, right? Unnecessary Mm -hmm. stress. Of course it's busy. Of course it's going to be busy loading all the kids into their car for their lessons and dinner and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. But if you're genuinely, if you can look on the scale and the joy and the value outweighs the the little bit of natural stress, it's a great thing to keep doing in your family. Yeah, absolutely. And to go with what Jamie is saying, Mm -hmm. um, Yes, we've continued to join a lot of things, but another thing I'm intentional about or aware of is that I don't actually have to be on the planning committee for all of them. Mm, yes. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I can just join things yes. and not run them. And it's like revolutionary oh. to me as well because I'm starting to see community. And this is actually a good thing to stay connected to your community at large too, mm-hmm. is that you see that happening naturally. Like yeah. so-and-so is, you know, the hockey coach. Yeah but he brings his kids for piano lessons. He's not also the piano teacher. (laughs) And then they go for swimming lessons. They're not coaching swimming as well. Like Mm -hmm. all those different things. It's like everyone has kind of taken a job. When that happens, you can do really well in one thing. Or if it's your season of life where you can't do much. Mm -hmm. I used to be really involved in church uh, ministries when I was a teenager and a young adult. I think every single night of the week when I was in that phase of stage of life, I was at the church for meetings because I was on so many committees. (laughs) And right now I can hardly do anything. I can barely bring snacks for our monthly coffee Sundays to contribute. And I'm just, I've had to really remind myself, I'm like, right now, this is not what your thing is. You can show up because it's good to be part of community, but you can't run it right now. It's just not what you have time for. And then maybe it will come back up again. And then my next kind of grouping of changes I've made for my own personal stress reduction, it actually just naturally sprung forth after I turned 40. Um, And everybody Mm. kept talking about this happening. And I was like, okay, no, it really does. What it does is it gives you perspective. 
I've now lived through and conquered and overcome a lot of rock bottoms in my life, a lot of scary things, a lot of things that would stress me out. And I've come out the other side, right? Stronger, better, Mm. wiser. And I see that more at 42 than I did at 32. And so I think that I can actually step outside of things with with a better ease and go, nope, this will be okay. Uh, in a way I couldn't, mm-hmm. uh, even just a few years ago. Also in your forties, you get much better at speaking up for yourself. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of that second guessing everything and, and being, you know, nervous, like you really just, like I was saying with the no and not needing to explain that really came in my forties and I'm not being callous. I'm not being cold or narcissistic. I'm just, I don't feel like at this point in my life, I have to trip over my own words and say those things. I can just speak up for myself in a different way. Um, and that's okay. And in the same vein, I, I basically in terms of not wanting to use as many words for everything, naturally, mm-hmm. I'm a talker, surprise, surprise. Yeah. But um, I love engaging in debate. And I would like go head to head all the time with like in a fun way, but like really mm-hmm. engage in everything. And then that can sometimes go from like a healthy debate, right? Until you're actually starting to argue a little bit. And this I started to see happening, especially with my teenage son, because I have just realized we're the same person. I only realized mm. it this week <laughs> when I heard how he was um, on the phone with his buddies. And I'm like, oh, that's me. <laughs> and- <laughs> So part of being the older person in that relationship now, I've learned that instead, because he he could be a lawyer, like he comes back with an answer for everything, right? About like why you left the garage light on. It's always a, a debate. And I've learned in my forties, I just go, okay. And I walk away now. I do it with Jason. I do it with anybody I'm talking to. I used to want to fight. I don't want to fight anymore. I go, okay. And there's so much power. And I was telling this to actually to my teens. I let them in on the secret weapon and maybe I shouldn't have. But I said, even when they're interacting with their friends, just Mm -hmm. to say, okay, you're actually leaving this thing in the air where they're like, oh, maybe they actually don't agree with me. Maybe they do agree with me. Maybe I don't know. And and it's actually really Mm -hmm. powerful to just go, okay, in a non-committal, non-aggressive way and walk away instead of being triggered. So even with toddlers, that can work as a mom, even with toddlers who are pushing your buttons, that those Mm. two simple letters, okay, shrug your shoulders, smile and walk away. I found that that is incredibly powerful. Okay, well, you're just making me really excited for my 40s. (laughs) I feel like I have opposite aging anxieties Mm. I'm like oh I can't wait to get there Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes it sounds so freeing and I remember feeling this way when I turned 30 Mm -hmm. um as opposed to my 20s feeling a little bit of that freedom from all all the different societal pressures and things like that but you're right it really does sound like from what you're saying and from other friends of mine from even like Phil Mm -hmm. um people who have gotten to their 40s like things change a lot with your perspective like the big things a lot of them really don't seem quite that big yeah yeah (laughs) when you've hit that stage and I particularly like what you were saying about just saying okay and walk away yeah um I really feel like that's biblical Mm. I feel like Jesus did that too Uh, you know who to engage in when when it's going to bring fruit to engage back right um Jesus didn't bother yeah. When when he knew that the conversation wasn't going to go anywhere fruitful, he he, I imagining him in my head. He's like, okay, and then walking away from Pharisees or something like that because it is just um, the less we have to say, the le- that's the less energy that we have to take out of other worthy and worthwhile things to serve a purpose that ultimately isn't going to come back. 
Actually, Michelle, you're right. That is sprinkled throughout scripture. Like there's no time to fight mm-hmm. with people who it's, you know, yes. pointless fighting with. And actually that reminds me of a favorite thing from Titus. And it says, but avoid foolish controversies and genealogies. We don't often fight about genealogies these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> arguments and quarrels about the law because they are unprofitable and useless. Warn a divisive mm-hmm. person once and then warn them a second time. And after that, have nothing to do with them. You may be sure that such people are warped and they are self-condemned. Okay, that's a little bold. <laughs> but yeah, who wrote message... Titus? I know. I'm trying to figure that know. out. If St. Paul, maybe mm. we'll 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 research someone who that. is done. Yes, <laughs> a stressed mom, someone perhaps who's no. over it. <laughs> Ghostwriter. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so in that same vein, then about you know saying okay and walking away. Oh. Why stop at a short distance? Why don't you just keep, <laughs> keep going <walking>. <laughs> and go for a walk? <laughs> that was my transition. Wow. I think it's the best transition I've ever done that here on amazing. the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's like no surprise. And we've talked about this as well. So many times it keeps coming up about how being in nature really helps. Like there's something about the natural light, the fresh air. I think the way things sound is Mm -hmm. so different outside than it is inside. And you feel, uh, and I've said this before too, appropriately small. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's that perspective then thing again too, right? And I have gotten better about all these things wrapping up into one, about being more unapologetic about the time I do need uh, for these things, for taking care of myself, um, because that does reduce my stress. But even in other areas of my life, then trying to prioritize the the health, we talked about a lot last week, like even the sleeping, saying like, I'm sorry, I, I have to go rest. I have to go close my eyes or um, I need to turn in for the night, cutting things short in the evenings, whatever needs to happen to get that rest or, you know, like I think it's um, that's really going to help us in the long run. And then part of the self-care too we saw a comment from our our friend of the podcast Galadriel Morse Mm -hmm. who was talking about for her self-care one of the things she does is being very careful about what she consumes on social media Mm -hmm. or on podcasts or entertainment part of that input what are you also putting into your body yep not just food wise not just sleep wise rest wise and exercise wise but also entertainment wise that can bring a lot of stress she mentioned murder shows Shows. But yeah, and I guess this is now Galadriel again, <laughs> talking about how um, social media breaks really help her out in terms of clearing your mind. So yes. if you can figure out that um, health cocktail for you, mm, yes. that is going to help reduce that stress, clear out the things that are cluttering your mind and usher so that it has space for the peace to usher in, whatever that mixture is going to be for you figure it out and hold on to it and you don't have to apologize because I think it probably takes a lot less time than we're worried it's going to um, take from other people. Yeah. What did you just call it? A health cocktail? What did you just call it? Yeah. I don't even know what I said. Like um, 
help yeah something like that okay. cocktail of stress reduction or yeah. I don't remember <laughs> yes. and cocktails are great but no um no yeah. I love what you're saying there because try as I might Michelle try as I might for years to disassociate my body from my mind <laughs> you can't do it right they are they are one and so mm-hmm. I am back mm-hmm. to taking better care of my body nourishing my body right like really because mm-hmm. again even the food we eat if we're constantly eating sugar then we're crashing if we're constantly being fueled by alcohol then caffeine then alcohol then caffeine and all of these things right our bodies respond in stress i actually just heard a really crazy thing about alcohol um from the huberman lab um he was talking about how even if you have just a couple drinks on the weekend um Mm -hmm. that affects your cortisol throughout the week like it actually affects how your stress levels and you can't process stress as well during the week if you've had drinks on the weekend if you're an occasional drinker Mm. and i'm like okay that totally makes sense so what we're putting into our bodies um in terms of food and then like you're saying in terms of entertainment yeah like there's a funny meme about how it's like you know girls going I don't know why I have anxiety and it's just like a venti Starbucks in <laughs> yes. one hand and murder podcasts all the time yeah. right um it totally makes sense and then um yeah getting outside now I will never be an outdoorsy person that is my temperament mm. Let's, I, I mm-hmm. know that about myself but now that I walk my kids to school again after those years being homeschooled um that it's 20 minutes to the school and back in the morning 20 minutes there and back in the evening waving saying hello to a few people wow mm-hmm. my sunlight my fresh air and my social bucket all full that's all I needed. And I do love that. And I do have to remember how much I love that when the kids are on March break or when we go into summer break, because it takes everything (laughs) to drag me outside during those periods. But I do know it's better for me and getting to bed at a decent time. My goodness, I've been trying to push that back a little bit. I've been getting into bed and sleeping Mm -hmm. by 1130, which is about an hour Mm. earlier than normal. I'm aiming for 10, but we're working on it. So, um, and also just one last thing about, um, social media, our, our friend Belinda, also message that she has turned off notifications on her phone. I do that oh, all yes. the time too, right? If they yes. have done those studies where you hear your phone beep and they have it in another room and you hear it yes. and they're measuring your blood pressure and your heart rate and people are freaking like their bodies are freaking out until they can check and see what that notification was. Mm-hmm. Phil was reading a study too that was saying that like even if it's someone else's phone, mm-hmm. if they have the same sound no mm, notifications yes. as you do your stress goes up even though it's not your phone yeah and so even like all those default ringers yep. that sometimes we don't change yeah um you like we're all contributing to everyone else's stress <laughs> too when all those go off it's crazy when you think about it no, i've never heard anyone else's phone ring it's the no. murder she wrote theme song <laughs> i was thinking as i was saying that i'm like except for you you thank you for your service no problem i like to help others yeah no i think all of this can be summed up in my favorite meme that's been circulating uh the internet recently which is like a scribbly picture of a man right saying jesus why do you give me all of your hardest struggles in challenges and then it's jesus on the other side going i'm just asking you to put your phone down and go outside (laughs) i've seen that one too it's perfect i love it why your hardest struggles i don't want to be the fiercest warrior (laughs) put down your phone outside that's it (laughs) oh my gosh it's so good but you know what i don't know why it took me this long i have always had my notifications on silent Mm -hmm. Um, for my social media apps but I obviously I let my phone calls and my text messages and stuff come through 
And I've only just in the last few weeks realized that I can put my phone on Do Not Disturb Mm -hmm. and set the filters for that to be like, except for favorites contacts because i would still like like phil's phone calls to come through or (laughs) yes exactly like to be safe but for homeschooling it's changed my homeschool mornings for me even though i don't get a ton of notifications usually yeah but just knowing that i can literally forget my phone yeah uh for however long i need that is a game changer so yes turning off the notifications putting on an airplane mode or do Mm -hmm. not disturb like the tools are there they have given it to us it's just now up to us to turn it on the the fiercest battle (laughs) it is the fiercest and it does take like actual diligence and and perseverance Mm -hmm. and like this is we can joke about it but in this day and age making those decisions is a virtuous act like it really goes against Mm. like the current right to be the person whenever I had my phone within arm's reach during homeschooling uh, it, it severely impacted yes. my ability to homeschool my kids like I just know that yeah. I would it, even if I said I'm just gonna text dad at work quickly 30 mm-hmm. minutes 30 minutes would go by quickly because I'm scrolling everything and the kids would then and then the kids would be asking me a question and then I'd respond irritated yes. and it would set the yes. whole tone and so really yeah I really try to leave my phone in another room even though I don't homeschool anymore anytime I'm with my family pretty much every evening my phone I don't even know where my phone is now I do mm-hmm. have an Apple watch on and I remember lamenting that when we did an episode on it, how I can always be reached. But I have to say yeah. now that I've settled into it, it, I can do a quick glance and go, okay, no, nothing's on fire. No one's texting me because they're hurt. I, that's fine. I don't respond. So I can right. kind of see it quickly. And it's not like my phone where there's Instagram and everything else that I would pop onto. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that too. Cause I had the same concerns about the smart watches. Mm-hmm. I don't have one, but Phil has one. And I was like, doesn't that mean you're even more available? But you're right. I think um, having the freedom that it affords you to leave your phone completely in another area of your house, um, but still be alerted if something major happens. That actually is a really great tool. Okay, it's time for our What We're Loving This Week segment of the show. So, Lindsay, what have you been loving this week? Well, I stumbled across a YouTube channel that I've already shared with you, Michelle, because it was too exciting Mm -hmm. to wait until we started recording again. (laughs) Um, But it is something I keep going back to when I only have about 10 minutes to watch something, usually with my morning coffee. And the Mm -hmm. YouTube channel is called Early American, and it features a lovely young woman named Justine who's dressed in period clothing, usually early 19th century American. And she's cooking Mm -hmm. authentic recipes known at that time as receipts, like receipt, like it's, that's how it's spelled. So you'll see her write that and it's not an error, um, using only fire, you know, fireplace in a log cabin. Now these cooking videos are, they don't have any talking. It's just cooking sounds and occasionally it's raining on the log cabin Mm. and the rain is just dreamy. So they're kind of ASMR, you know, those videos that make you feel like you're tingly. I'm definitely one of those Mm. people that can feel that. Um, They're Mm -hmm. beautifully shot and edited. Um, Her food looks delicious. 
And while Justine always takes a little bite of the food when it's ready and you can tell it's delicious, um, viewers can go to their second YouTube channel, which is called Frontier Patriot, where she and her fiance sit down at a table and they eat the meal she just made and they talk. They they talk about a lot more of the details of the recipe and how it was present, uh, made at that time and other historical things. And they talk for about an hour. So it's the complete opposite of like the 10 minute quiet video. It is them really going deeply into things. Now, to be honest, I'm not as much of a fan of those videos, but they are mm -hmm. a really sweet couple. I just really like the short ones. I really find that the cooking videos on Early American are fascinating and relaxing, inspiring. The food looks delicious and it's just perfect edutainment. <laughs> Mm. Okay. I remember you suggesting this to me mm -hmm. and then we haven't actually watched much of it at mm -hmm. all. I think I briefly checked, um, but we're still so into the Scandinavian YouTubers <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right now um, with Yona and then Cecilia from Svalbard, mm -hmm. like way up in the Arctic. Um, but I, I actually don't, I didn't think I realized that I knew they were like longer versions of the shorter videos. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't realize they were ASMR short videos. Mm -hmm. Well, that changes things a bit. I love that people do that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really smart of them to have both yeah. available on the same topic. I, I don't think I've seen that anywhere else. So now I am really excited to check that out. And you'll just love the quality of the production. It's just they've yeah. done a really, really great job. They also um, really feature companies still in the U.S. Um, that make time period like cooking utensils that hand forge things that it, so they really go deep they did an episode where she has a bath in front of the fireplace she has a bathing gown on um okay. where she, right <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> she's she's modest um and she uses like homemade oatmeal scrubs and everything that they would have used at that time too they have an episode where they string a rope bed that somebody donated mm -hmm. to them from that period and they stuff a mattress themselves. Like it's really the work that they put into it. I'm just super impressed. I sound like an old lady. Oh, that young couple. I'm super impressed yeah. by them. <laughs> remarkable. remarkable. Just remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been loving this week, Michelle? Well, we have spoken about this TV series before, mm -hmm. um, but the third season of The Chosen mm -hmm. was just starting to be released before Christmas, and that is what I am loving this week. Um, it started releasing episodes weekly on Sunday evenings uh, around Advent, when mm -hmm. Advent started. And every time I watch this show... I just can't get over it. Like, um, even in the in-between spaces between the seasons, I will think back with fondness mm. about The Chosen. And then when you're actually watching the episodes, I'm overcome with how they portray the tenderness and love that Jesus has mm. for each of us personally. Um, and in that sense, it is truly inspired. So... This season in particular, I'm really captivated by the lives of the disciples during the years of Jesus's ministry. Mm -hmm. That's really where the focus is. And the 12 apostles, they've all been called and Jesus is fully into his years of public ministry. And I think uh, sometimes we don't consider or we forget just how human the followers of Jesus were mm -hmm. and how, you know, we here in 2023, we have this advantage of hindsight to see that big picture and they weren't privy to any of that while all this was happening in the moment. Mm -hmm. So I'm really struck by their faith and their trust. 
And I just feel a great affection towards them in a way that I didn't really necessarily before. And there's a relatability to them and their challenges and their frustrations. So, I mean, the show just continues to be excellent and not only just for entertainment and edutainment, but as a tool for faith formation and as an invitation into deeper relationship with Jesus. Okay, that's going to do it for us this week. If you want to get in touch and chat with us about our topic today, you can find us on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com or leave us a comment on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle Sachs, and you can find me on Instagram at mmsachs. And I'm Lindsay Murray, and you can find me on Instagram at lindsayhomemaker. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. Thank you.